Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal with John. All you people out there who are like, these idiots don't know anything. First of all, you're right. And second of all, Pat. I didn't think that the Vikings would get a W last week being 6-1, and one, which was also Josh Allen's coin flip record from the year 2021. And Rando. We have this trust built on, you know, whatever it is, like Bibles and gold bricks and whatever Brandon Bean's drinking over there. On Buffalo Rumbles. All right, guys. Welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. We apologize. It's uh, It's been a minute since we've uh, hopped on here. We're a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. You can find us on Twitter at NotBuffPodcast. Um, but it's good to be back with you guys. You know, the week before we had, you know, I was I was flying to Buffalo for Christmas or Albany rather and didn't have my pod stuff. So nothing worked out. The storm was happening. And then this week with the, the tragic news about DeMar. And uh, so we were in no shape to do a podcast uh, earlier this week on top of me not having my equipment back, by the way, I just got it back today from Southwest. So here we are, we made it. We got good news on DeMar Hamlin, um, which I think lightened the weight off of every Bills fan's shoulders and the entire city of Buffalo. So guys, it's so good to be back talking with you guys. Um, how, how you doing? It's, it's been since last year. Happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Hope, it's been good. Everybody had a good Christmas. Yeah. I feel like we've had so much to talk about and it's like all, you know, secondary to that Monday night, DeMar Hamlin craziness and happy that we can talk about everything now in a scope of being grateful for, you know, the opportunity to watch all these games and not worry about somebody's health and life or death situation. And it's, it's, uh, it's really crazy. Everybody in the whole world is is on watching Buffalo and, you know, Bill's nation is literally the whole nation and everybody's got something to say about it. And, and that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Pat, how are you doing? Well, not too bad, man. Living, living. <laughs> what, what's that stain song where they're like, it's been a while. But, no, it's, good. it's good to be back. Well, that's good. It's good. It's, uh, it's good to talk to you guys again. You know, Damar is is awake right now. He's off the breathing tube. He FaceTime with the team today. Man, like these showing this or seeing this stuff pop up on Twitter was 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 a relief. It's like I don't know. It, it's just great news to hear. It's really cool and also at the same time emotional to watch some of the press conferences um, lately from Sean McDermott and Josh and and hearing what they had to say. And really just imagining from the stories that have come out in the media, what it was like in the room when, you know, McDermott and Bean said, Hey, we got a surprise for you guys and called them into the meeting room. And Damar is on a FaceTime at the front of the room and is, was that how it uh, happened? T- is, is, yeah, is talking That's cool. That's to cool. them and has, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's not like sitting up coherent, like having a conversation or anything like that, but he was able to say like, Hey, I love you guys. 
and he flexed, you know, like arm flex, like over the yeah, top. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that was That's really cool to hear. That's and amazing. I mean, that it's just one good story after another now with this good news. Cause obviously we had the day before that, when he first awoke, you know, and was communicating and writing, the first thing he asked is, did we win or who won the game? And like, man, if, if that didn't hit you a, a certain way, I don't know if you have heart. Cause that was, that was special. And, you know, and that meant a lot at this time too, because, you know, we're all worried about things like neurological function. And as the guys from, you know, the medical center said, you know, not only is he home, but the lights are on, um, or not only are, are the lights on, but he's home too. And, you know, that's him, you know, so that was, that was really great to hear after a really tough couple of days there, a tough Monday night, an unprecedented Monday night um, that has been pretty well documented by, you know, if you listen to any Bill's content at all. Um, big shout out to uh, obviously the guys at WGR who I've been listening to a lot this week. And even before that, I, I think that ESPN did a really good job handling it. Um, you know, particularly Booger. Which is the only praise we will ever give to Booger on this show. I'm never never making fun of Booger again. I'm never making fun of Booger again. He was the most real person in that I felt like Ryan Clark did a great job as well. He did too. I was going to say like him with uh, Scott Van Pelt also did a great job after it. And and listening to the the player's perspective was, was moving and, you know, it's hard when you're on a broadcast like that to not just start saying the same things over again. And you, you hear some of the other broadcasters on there, they, they do that. And understandably so. There's no plan for, hey, we're going to be waiting to hear what's happening with this game, how this, how this guy is, and not getting an update for, you know, an hour and a half and just trying to cover something like, like that. And uh, yeah, so shout out to Booger. Like I said, I'm never making fun of Booger McFarland again. You know, we made for, we made fun of him when he was on the with the booger mobile. What was that contraption that they had? ESPN Monday <laughs> oh, Night Football. You didn't make they, used fun to, of that. they used to wheel him up and down do the it. field. Yeah. yeah. So if they do that again, maybe I will. But for now, booger, we appreciate you and uh, you're safe from. That, it's not easy, especially you're put on the spot on TV. And I like how he's like, we'll cut to something else. The network will take care of itself. It'll it'll figure itself out, and it well, just and shouldn't like, be on this right now. I felt like you said the right job perspective, as well. Yeah, um, because I, I feel like so many times when you're in a situation like this where someone's life is you know up in the air, and you, you know I, I feel like a lot of times someone's going to resort back to their own personal fable. And even Ryan Clark, you know, having that deal where he had um, you know his sickle cell you know, almost kill him when he was playing in Denver, he took a step back and said, you know, as much as I want to put my own twist on this, and as much as I want to relate this to myself this is you know tomorrow's his own person and we need to take a minute and we need to acknowledge you know the situation that he's in and i felt like it was it was really it was really professional the way the booger said i i've never experienced anything like this instead of pulling something out of his ass like Mm -hmm. you know that's true professionalism right there that's a good point and i think that's a humanity thing is people do that it doesn't matter how serious of an event it is i could say to you yeah, I mean, I think of like the worst tragedy ever and somebody could answer back like, oh, my cat died yesterday. You know, like I love my cat, but like it's not the same as losing a family member. But that's the way some people have conversations and interact. And I mean, that that's what's tough is this week. It's hard to talk about with everybody. And, and I don't know about you guys. What was it like? What, what was your life like on Tuesday? Because 
I know we had Monday off of school and Tuesday was really a, a difficult day for everybody. I don't, I don't know anybody who got a good night's sleep or was prepared to come in Tuesday to talk about it. And, you know, for people that had to, because it's their career, that's admirable that they're able to kind of do that and be a channel of information and not this, Hey, I, you know, I had this injury one time and I got carted off this one time. And, you know, unless you had something like that, like life changing, right. Life changing event. That's what, what it is. And, and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's uh, Tuesday was hard. Tuesday was a difficult day. I don't, I don't know what, like, what was it like for you guys? Well, Pat, I mean, for me, I don't really have a similar situation to most people where I, I'd have to go into work and, um, cause I, I, I work from home, but I can tell you, I got nothing done that day. Like I had no productivity. I was just scrolling through Twitter the entire time, hoping for an update. And really that's what I like from the second it happened. Like that's, I was glued to my phone, glued to the TV. I didn't go to bed until like 2 a.m. after the game, just hoping that you'd see an update, like a positive update, like he's he's progressing. And then, you know, we kind of learned, you know, you're you're learning stuff on the fly. Like there's all these things that we know now, you know, after the fact of, okay, you know, if you get a blunt force trauma to the chest at a certain part of the cycle, I had never even heard of that before. You know, really? I still couldn't tell you the name of it. Um, you know, you know, you got people giving examples of when this has also happened in other sports, like situations that were similar, but not the same. And so you're just like going through all that and hoping that you'll get a positive update. And then once you get to the point where, you know, they're saying, okay, there will be no update tonight. And then the next morning they're saying there will be no update today. Um, that that's, it's tough because you just, you just want an update. You just wanted to hear the things that we heard Wednesday and Thursday and today, which was you know, he's awake, he's doing great. He's off the ventilator and all these things. And so I, I just, I don't know about you guys. I'm in such a better place now, now that he's at this point where, you know, he's himself, neurological function is intact, all these things. It's, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for that, for him, for his family, for everyone close to him. So, you know, a lot better now is how I'm doing. But Pat, what was it like going to uh, work? Because you're you're oh, probably a lot more similar to I most. I people. didn't have to go. Oh. I didn't have to go to work till Wednesday. Oh, um, that's right. You just told me that. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good, man. Uh, well, I stayed up super late. I couldn't really sleep. I was thinking about it. When you don't hear updates like that, I mean, it is easy to think the worst. But also at the same time, I think it is a class move. And I'm sure that other people that were closer to Demar kind of had a more, whatever I guess, um, you know, vivid timeline towards his recovery and everything. But I also think that as a fan, it doesn't really matter if I know if Demar gets better. It really only matters if Demar gets better. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to do that as a person to say like, I want to know it's for me. He was able to, you know, be able to deal with it. And we didn't, you know, he didn't have the media breathing down his neck or anything like that. You know, he was able to kind of on his own terms, come out and let everyone know how he's doing. It was, uh, being in a school was super interesting because, you know, you got five-year-olds that watch the game and then you got, modified basketball kids that are concerned for his safety and they wanted to know about it and we had health. So we kind of went over the science behind it. Like you said, how it could happen, the heart rhythm, the pauses in your heartbeat. Um, but it was so crazy. Cause like you had six, seven year olds walking down the hallway and you just hear, do you see the guy dead on the field last night? He's dead. Like he's dead. Like everybody was so negative about what was going to happen. And, 
he was out for a long amount of time to the point where you're so concerned about the oxygen levels, right. In your brain. And like, you know, a seven year old doesn't know anything different compared to a 30 year old at this well, point. I mean, technically though, if you don't have a pulse and you're not breathing, you're dead though. Legally, technically by yes. de- definition. Yeah. I mean, if it's not artificially being produced, right. And that's one of those things that it's like, how can you even talk to kids about this? Cause it's like, they all watched it. And the thing that really struck me with my basketball team is they were really worried about because I, I don't know if you if you know but it happens pretty regularly in amateur sports and and baseball and hockey and, and high school football and it, it, I mean regularly whatever that that word means but it, I mean it's not like it's a once in a decade kind of thing um, but coaches are trained on this and my basketball team was really worried they're like where are our AEDs at so we had to go over where the AEDs were and probably how some, we do some CPR. chest compressions. We kind of did a little CPR yeah. lesson and I thought that was really interesting that they wanted to know this sort of thing. Um, but just to have the technology that we have now and opening up an AED and it just reads it to you. It's step-by-step. It tells you exactly what to do. So anybody could use it. They were, I thought it was interesting that they wanted to take ownership in it. Um, they wanted to learn about it and, and I hope other people, you know, CPR is not difficult and it's not, it might be scary to think that, oh man, I might be responsible someday to have to do this, but you're also thinking about that person's family and the, it'd be, the it'd be scary you're not knowing and, how to yeah, do CPR. I'd be more scared not to know than, than yeah, scared of the so. responsibility. So, um, maybe yeah. that'll be a cool wave of things, um, that come out of this where more people learn CPR and they learn the health effects of this and hopefully something good can come out of it. Yeah. How about that? Uh, how about that Sabres game on, uh, what was it? Tuesday night with Tage scoring, uh, three goals. I mean, obviously this has been, this has been talked about. You probably heard about it, but all the, uh, the three stuff popping up as a motif. Um, and maybe that's just, maybe that's just our own confirmation. Well, I was going to say, I was at the game. I was on, I was at the game on the, on the 29th and there were, there were two hat tricks. So they're double three. Oh my God. You know, we don't have to go get into this, but I, I was thinking about you the whole time. I'm like, you saw another hat trick. Yeah, man. It was, Every time uh, Pat it, goes to a game, there's a hat trick. Pretty much. Is it two um, now? Yeah, I've seen two. I've been to, I guess, four in the past two years and two of them. It was, uh, who was it? It was a Poso. Yep, a Poso. And then Tage was your other one. No, but it was Middlestat was the other one during Middle, the game. Middlestat had two goals. Middlestat um, had two, yeah. He, hold on. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was a... It, it was a nice break for everybody's brain, you know, brain break. Yeah. We call them in kindergarten, but yeah, um, for adults and every anybody that had turned on Twitter at all, anybody who had seen anything about the Bills or Demar and in this town, and and that was cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Sabers are Sabers are rolling, and uh, but that that game just you know, it had it had some like special vibes because you knew that. You know, we're, we are using it as a, as a distraction, but, you know, your heart is still somewhere else during that game. You know, if if you were able to not think about DeMar Hamlin throughout the entire course of that game, like, I don't want to say like good for you, but like, you know, that was not the case for me. And I'm sure it wasn't the case for for most people. And it's just like it had that game had a weight to it, you know, and Sabres winning or losing doesn't mean anything in the scheme of DeMar's health or anything like that. But it was just like. You know, like that, if it, it felt good for a second, you know, it's like 
big win. You know, obviously Tage gets the hat trick and, you know, it, it's just pretty cool. So anyway, that's, it's a, you know, we wouldn't be talking about it at all if we hadn't gotten the positive updates on DeMar today, you know, that wouldn't matter in, in hindsight, but you know, now that we're at the point that he's at where he's at, you know, I, you know, I think we feel a lot better about that. And there's, um, also, I just wanted to point out and say to uh, John Murphy, it was announced that, I mean, he's the bills did a press release today that John Murphy had had a, suffered a stroke last week um, before the last game. Uh, Chris Brown was filling in last game. They said that he was under the weather. But anyway, John Murphy is recovering at home uh, with his family. But uh, just keep him in your thoughts and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's been a tough year for everybody in Buffalo. And, uh, this is just one more thing that really, really sucks, but we all love John Murphy. He has some pretty damn iconic calls. I don't know about you guys, but like, Shady's going to score. Shady's going to score. One of my favorite parts about turning on GR after a win is hearing them play the highlights of what I saw, but what I didn't hear because we're watching the television broadcast and, uh, you know, Maybe there's, I, I hope there's a service out there where you can pair the radio call with the the video in real time. That would be pretty awesome if somebody. That's a good out. question. I want to uh, say there you is. can do it. I, I want to say you can do it with NFL plus. Can you really? Cause I know you, you can, can watch with the, the, you can the watch broadcast. with the local broadcast. Okay. That's, that's pretty cool. I'm going to have to see if I can do that because uh, Murph is pretty iconic. So, and how, how blessed are we in Buffalo to have like, I mean, I know RJ's retired now, but two guys that are, that are pretty iconic, you know, call on our teams. It, it's pretty cool. And I cool realize a local guy too. Like he grew up yeah. with the bills. Yeah. He, he's yeah. nice. I've talked to Murph a few times and, uh, he and Von Miller, Von Miller, Van Miller. Van I never realized <laughs> that, that Murph's been doing this his whole life pretty much with the bills. He wasn't the play by play guy, but he's the, he was a analyst on the staff and you see that picture from that iconic game in the nineties where it was like the coolest game ever. And Miller's wearing the fur coat and Murph is standing next to him and they're looking out at the field. I want to say he might even have binoculars on or something. Um, Yep. And then he was the channel seven sports director. I remember I would watch him right. on the news. That was my sports center. We didn't have cable. I'm not watching ESPN. I'm waiting <laughs> Same. for you. Same. It's like 624. <laughs> it's like a seven minute slot. It's the evening news. That's when I would get my update on the sports. And I'm watching that every mm-hmm. night almost as a kid um, trying to find out what's happening. And he was the guy. So I remember when he took over for uh, the play by play. It's interesting. Do you remember Miller Van Miller's play by play? I you know, I was too young to remember that. Ever since I can remember even turning on the radio for games that were blacked out as a kid, yeah. which even that's a throwback. Um, it was always Murph as far as back as I can remember. I don't remember what year um, Van Miller stopped uh, doing the broadcasts, but... 2003. Wow. Okay, so maybe I should remember that. That's right around the same time. Like one of my, fi- one of my first... Bill's games that I can actually remember what happened during it was right around 2003 because it was the Vikings overtime win, Bills versus Vikings uh, with Bledsoe. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great game, actually. So, I would have been like six or seven. So, maybe um, my memory should be better, but fast fact he has the same birthday as me, November 22nd. Nice. Nice. Um, Wait, Drew Bledsoe or Van Miller? Van Miller. Oh. Um, he was at the time, he was the longest tenured commentator with one team in pro football history, which came in at 37 years. 
Wow. He called the first ever game for the Bills against the uh, Boston Patriots. But nice, nice. A little All right, well, before I forget, let's get a break in here, and then uh, we'll come back and talk about some uh, playoff seating and scenarios with the stuff that was announced by the NFL today, or announced yesterday, but confirmed today and voted on by the NFL owners for the playoff format, how the seating will go, and uh, what's on the line this weekend. So stick around, and we'll be right back. So the NFL kind of came up with their solution to the Bills and Bengals being declared a no contest. So the one seed will be decided by win percentage, which means if the Chiefs win this weekend, they are the number one seed, no matter if Cincinnati and Buffalo wins as well. So that's kind of a bummer. But at this point, you know, it's like, who cares? Let's just get into the playoffs. Um, and goes without being said that all of this is second second to DeMar's health, obviously. So so we're looking at there are scenarios where the AFC championship game would be played at a neutral site. And that includes if the Bills play the Chiefs as the number one seed. So let's see if every single scenario where the Chiefs are the number one seed and Buffalo wins this weekend, then it would be at a neutral site. If Kansas City wins and Buffalo loses if I'm looking at this correctly, if Kansas City wins and Buffalo loses, then it would still be in Kansas City. But that's only if the Bills lose to New England. Anyway, same thing with Cincinnati. If So the only way that Cincinnati versus Kansas City would be at a neutral site and not in Kansas City is if Vegas wins, New England beats Buffalo, and Cincinnati wins their game as well. So a lot of scenarios going on here, but basically what you need to know is if you still want the Bills to be the number one seed, Bills got to win, Chiefs got to lose. And in that case, the AFC championship does go through Buffalo. So what they're doing is they're trying to, any outcome that would have been affected differently um, by the outcome of Cincinnati Buffalo will be played at a neutral site if someone had home field advantage, if that makes sense. So... Kansas City is obviously the biggest benefactor of all this. Cincinnati's probably got it the worst because they now have... They definitely did get it the worst, yeah. They now have no way to um, get the number one seed at this point. So... Which it was, you know, I I don't want to discredit it. They had a small chance at it anyways. I want to say like going into the Bills game with everything that had to happen between KC, Buffalo, and Cincinnati, they were like 9% chance. Um, Something like that. I but yeah. I don't I can't remember if they actually controlled their own destiny because if they beat the Bills and beat the Ravens, um, I think they would have they would have owned the three way tie over Kansas City and Buffalo because they would have beat both of them head to head and they all would have had the same records. Yo, but if they lose to the Ravens, I'm almost certain because they only have eleven wins, right? So I'm almost certain if they lose to the Ravens that they lose the division. I want to say they just got the division title. They gave it to Yeah, them. so they do have the division title. Um, this is the weird scenario. If they lose to Baltimore and they end up, the way that the seeding works out, if they end up playing the Ravens in the first round of the playoffs, then that game's location will be decided by a coin flip. That's crazy. <laughs> which is the craziest part of all of this, honestly. 
So anyway, you know, as, as the two seed, you'd probably end up having to go through Kansas city and Cincinnati, not necessarily their cities, but those two teams. And uh, that's, that's scenario scares me the most because I, I feel like the, the bills can beat both these teams, but having to beat both of those in the same playoff run, it's possible, but that path certainly doesn't look as good as, you know, getting a buy and then only playing not Kansas city, whoever gets the top seed. So you could still play Cincinnati that second week, possibly the way that the, the playoff works out, but um, you know, you're most likely getting a lower seed than that. And then well, I mean, if you look statistically though, at the list of number one playoff seeds who have won the Super Bowl recently, like, other recently, than, yeah, it's, it's been kind of rough. Do we do that? Also, other than the Chiefs, we've also oh. had crappy one seats, to be honest with you, because the Titans were frauds last year. I got it right here. Interesting. Because it used okay. to be that the one or the two seats used to oh, end up man. in the AFC Championship most okay. of the time. I got it right here. So this is from the Tennessean, and this was nice. published last year, January 8th, 2022. And they found that. Since 1992, 62 one seeds, 32 made the Super Bowl, and 14 have won it. So you get a basically 50% chance to make the Super Bowl as the one seed. There. They Which, go back to 1990 because that's, that's when... I bet you that's a higher percentage than any other seed, though. You know, you have a 50-50 shot to make a Super Bowl, but you're also fighting against six other teams at this point, right? Okay, this is I'm sure cool. Aaron Rodgers skewed that stat a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. This is a cool site. This is cool research. The The one seed, um, the one seed lost in the divisional round 16 times, which is 25%. They lost in the championship game 14 times. They lost the Super Bowl 18 times. They won the Super Bowl 14 times. Interesting. I wonder, do you have stats for other seeds on that or no? No, it says Tennessee is among four franchises to suffer divisional round losses twice as the one seed. Now it's three times because they lost last year as the one seed. Oh, oops. Interesting. So I don't know. Let's, I mean, I could look that up. I just, you know, if you end up being the two or the three seed, it's really not even the home field advantage, which is nice. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's it's the team you have to play the first week. Like your chances of winning three straight games, no matter the teams, are exponentially. I don't want to say exponentially because that was that was a pretty compelling stat that you just had. But you got to play a, prob- a possibly dangerous team that first week. I mean, if you're the two seed, you might get an easy walk like Pittsburgh or New England, but. There's a 50% chance that they're going to play Miami at this point if everything shakes out like it should. I know they can beat Miami, but how comfortable are you with them playing Miami with Tua back at this point? But, but John, 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 hear me out. Hear me out. What okay. if we rest our starters in the game, anticipating a Miami loss, knowing that if the Patriots win, they will make the playoffs? Just to match up have, again. I have heard this scenario. <laughs> I would I'm trying to think. There's, this is crossed there's, my mind. <laughs> I ride. Some, they, I, somebody called in for that on the radio today when I was listening. They did. Yeah, oh I, I think there's some yeah. weird because you can end up as the three seed. Yes, that's what the they lowest, said. Right. Yeah. So yeah. and then you'd end up playing somebody else. You'd end up playing the six seed instead of the seven seed. Right. Yeah, and that could get so, dicey with San Diego. That, that means you might be playing the Chargers, the Chargers or something yeah. like that. 
Yeah, yeah. Chargers and Buffalo. Yeah, I take that. I take my chance on that. But right, right. But it's also another week that you don't have to. You're you're zero injuries for a week, which means a lot because Bills have had terrible injury luck this year, as we know. But it's just like one last game automatic into the next round by week to rest your guys. Sean McDermott has a crazy good record coming off of the bye week. Like most good coaches do. He's not the only guy. They they bring that stat up for every coach. I feel like, yeah. um, I have so, a stat for anyway. you, John, two seeds that have won the super bowl since this was published last year. So again, who won the super bowl last year? Rams. The Rams. Did they get the one Rams. seed last year? No, know. no. Yeah, um, it was, it was the, both teams were lower seeds. I want to say the Packers were the one seed. Yep, the two seed has done well in the Super Bowl era. This says since 1975. The AFC's two seed has won six Super Bowls. The NFC's two seed has won four. And again, it meant a lot more three years ago for it to be a two exactly. seed. To have yeah, that buy. You, you got the buy. And yeah. there's a chance that you might not even have to play the one seed in the AFC Championship because they have yeah. a chance to lose their first week. Yep. I wish it was like that. Why'd they change it? They added the extra team because they went from six to seven. Yep, yeah, exactly. But they that, had, that allowed the bills that, to, that allowed the bills to get in and break the curse, though. So yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. No, no, that's not true. They got in in the six team format. Did they? I yeah, I believe it was the six team yes. format. And then because I I felt that we got shafted from that because like maybe that's not a word that I should be using on NAP. No, it's fine, dog. <laughs> But because after that, we were the two seed two years ago and didn't get a first round by, obviously. So, you know, now that we're, you know, the Bills would have benefited that year from being the two seed and getting a bye. Obviously, they won their game and got out without too many injuries. So that that's good. But, you know, that was the year that everyone was kind of banged up and still playing through it. So, and they just kind of ran out of gas by the time they got to the AFC championship. But anyway, I want to ask you guys real quick. Neutral field stuff. Give me your best hypothetical neutral field. You can be serious or not serious. Um, but like even from a logical standpoint, like what neutral field would give the Bills the biggest advantage that's not Highmark Stadium against the Chiefs, hypothetically? Maybe like Minneapolis, I would think. I mean, well, not, but see, that's why we can't play at Ford Field either, because they know that the Lions and the Vikings, you know, could be playing playoff games there. Um, uh, no, I so want to say they're well, no, the Lions would be on, on the road. Yeah. They have something going on. Yeah. The Lions are changing out their turf. That's, that's, what that's it is. the reason. And honestly, I wouldn't be too excited to play on that turf again if it were me. Yeah. But where would you want to play, John? I would think a dome, though, right? A dome would think warm so. Weather. I think a dome would be good. Um, what, Indianapolis, maybe? And Indy is a good choice. It's about equidistant. Lucas if Oil. You're asking me which Actually, one Kansas City is closer to Indy. I'm looking at it on a map right now. Not by much. I mean, out of all the stadiums, that's probably the fairest location that's a dome, right? I I read today that they're hosting a volleyball championship that weekend, though. Um, And then the one that I kept hearing was just Atlanta being the most realistic choice. Which would be sick, honestly. I would love to see one of Atlanta's a nice dome. Um, That's that's fairly new as well. If you were going the outdoor route, though, if you wanted to... So remember when... I think it was New Orleans had a home game that was moved for a hurricane at the beginning of last season yes. against the Packers. They picked their secondary location based on where Packers fans would be least willing to travel to keep <laughs> it as much of a home game as possible. 
And because of Aaron Rodgers' terrible record in Florida, they went and played in Jacksonville and won that game. And Aaron Rodgers only put up like three points, if I recall. Well, think about Um, it. Your choices, if you're in New Orleans, are Houston, Dallas, Jacksonville, maybe Tampa. Right. Right. Well, I don't even know if all those choices were available to them because it was a Sunday of week one of the season and Jacksonville will happen to be playing away. So, yeah, I don't know. Like if you're the Bills, do you think about like Gillette? Because the Bills win pretty often in Gillette, first of all. No. And no. second of we all, didn't. Didn't. John, 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 John. We went 18 years without winning in Gillette Stadium. And that I mean, would basically be giving the Patriots home field advantage. No, 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 if, no, no, I'm not. No, this, I, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that like, we're like literally so hyped that we're going to be a high seed. And if the Patriots do make the playoffs that they're going to have to play us in Buffalo. So why the f- do you want to go to New England? Well, not this even is, that. This Imagine is a hypothetical much- where you'd be playing Kansas City and you want to make yes. their fans travel, not as far as Bills fans, basically. But think about this. They probably would go just to sh- on Buffalo. If you're a New England fan at this point. What if you I did mean, it maybe, maybe like <laughs> that's an expensive ticket to pay out a spike. There's, I mean, there's Baltimore. a couple different options. If Baltimore you want to be, be outside cool. Pittsburgh or Baltimore, which would be cool. There are two outdoor teams. Really? Arrowhead is outside. And I, some guy was talking, Baltimore he called in nice today. Too. He called in and he was saying how he wants the game to be played outdoors because that's how it would have been. Um, but they were all saying they wanted it in dome in the best conditions possible, which is what the NFL will probably want, right? They yeah, want the to quest be for ratings, the best teams on the best conditions and the best fields. Whereas we're like, give us a blizzard. Uh, right. But well, the NFL likes blizzards too, by the way, they, that's good TV. Like, yes, you know, the NFL wants that snow and they, they want the snow globe look. Cause that's, uh, that's something extra for them. But yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it'll end up being like Indianapolis or, or something like that. Detroit's probably off the table because of their turf. Like you said, Pat, Atlanta's a good choice. Atlanta and India are the two options that I've seen floated around the most. But, you know, I mean, what I can only hope for is tomorrow we see Jared Stidham absolutely torch the Kansas City Chiefs and the Kansas City he Chiefs. He was at one are, point thought to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady. I mean, I'm just saying, sorry, I just <laughs> screamed that in the microphone, but they were though. Do you remember listening to what they had to say about that kid after Brady left, how they were convincing themselves how they didn't need Cam Newton. They didn't need to draft a guy. And, Mac I mean, Jones, he's got Josh McDaniels it? there who believed him in the first place, you know? So <laughs> I just hope he does something like it, I can't the believe he's struggled against bad teams. I just can't believe that there's multiple points during the season where we've been rooting for Josh McDaniels. Um, I know. But- <laughs> <laughs> it kind of hurts a little bit. Let's go, Josh. <laughs> do it. Do it for uh, do it for the Bills, Jared. You got it. Man has a sweet mullet, though. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I hate him. I don't like him. I've never liked Jared Stidham, but I'll, I'll like him this weekend. All right. How have how have you like known enough about Jared Stidham to like him or not? Just the Patriots thing. Yeah, I just remember listening to them about how good Jared Stidham is going to be in the system. How he's just like Brady. It's the same thing with Bailey Zappi. It's like anything that these guys come into a game and play a little bit good. They're the next coming of the greatest quarterback well, dude, of all dude, time. Trent Edwards was the what? next Kelly. Ryan hey, Fitzpatrick no, was the no, next Kelly. Trent Edwards was never thought of to I know, but, I know I know but there are homers that would say that same stuff oh yeah, yeah. Um, but, but like, they, I mean, they you're compared, talking about it. 
we root for a franchise that thought that Nathan Peterman was a better answer than oh, Tyrod Taylor. Oh, yeah, that's like, totally fair. Especially so me. Like, that's a good rebuttal I did too. to me. Yeah, like, so... I, Brandon, I'm uh, guilty of that too. So, yeah. you know, but I just, they were talking about how he, he has the same mechanics as Tom Brady, how he's got the quick release as Tom Brady. He's got the same height as Tom Brady. He's the same profile. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, well, he doesn't have the, uh, the TB12 formula. Speaking of which, remember way back when, when we were talking about how we were going to try some of the TB12 supplements we? and we, we, we on the show and we haven't yet. So we gotta, we gotta do that at some point. Yes. First off-season episode. (laughs) There we go. But, all right, we're going to get out of here. We'll do our game picks and put them on Twitter like last week because we didn't want to take up too much show time with that since we had much more important things to talk about with uh, DeMar Hamlin. And uh, obviously our thoughts are still with him and his family, you know, during this time and his recovery is first and foremost. And uh, wishing the best for Buffalo, for John Murphy, all that. Um, And hoping for a Raiders and a Bills win this weekend. Um, and I mean, we didn't even get to talk about how electric Highmark is going to be this weekend, the Ralph. Um, so Brandon, you'll have to let us know if you're working, I will. Uh, keep I us updated, send us yeah. some, uh, pictures and videos of the opening, yes. um, yes. stuff if you're not busy working during that time. But anyway, you guys awesome. know where to find us on Twitter at not puff podcast. And, uh, yeah, we will see you next week on Wednesday, recapping this game and uh, getting you ready for the first round of the playoffs and hopefully a bye week in there. So back on a regular schedule. Just win, baby. Go, baby.